Waheguru Ji Ka Khalsa, Waheguru Ji Ki Fateh and welcome to the third episode of The Sikh Renaissance where today's issue which we are discussing is Dukh. Now, this is a perspective podcast and as usual I will be sharing my own perspective on the matter. However, I'll be reinforcing it through Gurbani and we will be providing the detailed Ang references so you can check them yourself. Now, what is Dukh? Dukh pretty much is an umbrella term which encompasses all the pain we feel from separation which is physical or either mental now in this case we're not referring to duk as in you know getting a sports injury and remaining on bed we're actually referring to the emotional and mental toll which follows from you know such a uh, cut off in investment pretty much you can say so on religious grounds what we have seen so far is that all religions claim duk to be an anomaly it is an evil which should not be existing, should not exist, is done by a secondary power to God, and or it is a test. Now, everyone, all the listeners must have heard about the tale of Job in the Bible. You know, Job was given Duk by God as a test. Everything was taken away from him. He restarted from scratch. Basically, it says there is a light at the end of the tunnel and God is testing you. Now, don't you think that religions which claim they can get rid of duk, they know they can't get rid of duk. So they provide tales like the tale of Job to essentially say, well, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute. It's just a test. God is only testing you. And God seems to be testing you with this evil, with this anomaly which should not exist until your dying days. So what's happening here? Can God take care of duk? Or is there no such thing as God taking care of duk? Now, the Sikh perspective is a bit different. In Sikhi, we believe that Sukh, which is happiness, which is contentment, and Dukh, these are natural. First off, nobody can, nobody or nothing can make you happy or unhappy if you don't want them to. What Gurbani is basically saying then is that Dukh and Sukh these are part of hukam. These exist alongside. If there was no suk, there would be no duk. Now, before people say that this is the usual uh, reference from Hinduism about duality and stuff, uh, Vedanta, it actually isn't. What Gurbani is saying is that, you know, it's not like the light and darkness thing. Without light, there is no darkness. No, essentially, without light, you cannot appreciate darkness and vice versa. Without duk, you cannot appreciate suk and vice versa. Now, essentially, in Sikhi, there are five forms of Dukh. And this is just an umbrella reference at the moment. Because there are many types of events and emotions and facets to a thing. But the five which I have particularly condensed in this form are this. First is the Dukh which permeates in the absence of Gyan. This is essentially natural Dukh. And this natural Dukh is more uh, exacerbated made more worse by the fact that we do not understand it so this duk is aptly summed up on Anga 138 of gurbani as the delusional ones prefer the gift to the giver such are the deluded fools we do not understand why we are getting duk that it's part of hukam that without it we cannot appreciate sok that we have stuffed up somewhere we just make it worse by blaming someone else or you know even blaming ourselves excessively and not letting go and causing ourselves issues the second duk is pretty much natural duk which is part and parcel of life. 
Why this is second in the category out of the five is because this look, when understood, does not become the first one. It essentially remains like this. It's just our reaction to it which decides whether it's foremost or not foremost. The, in my eyes, it should not be changing positions from number two to number one, but for many people, there are different takes on it. Now, this duk, after peace and pleasure arrives duk, but the deluded fool does not understand this aspect of life. This is found on Ang 57 or Sri Guru Granth Sahib. Now, from this duk, if we understand what natural duk is, we come down to discarding the duk. We, we actually come down to understanding the very purpose of Dukh and then it becomes the Dukh which is Dukh Daru Sukhrog Paye. This which we read in Rara Sab every evening. Dukh is the cure to a life of blind pleasure. Right, so once we awaken to the purpose of Dukh that it's making us stronger, it's part of Hukam, it isn't an Emily, we come down, we awaken to another form of Dukh and this is the immoral Dukh deliberately inflicted on others. The duk which we are referring to here is actually summed up on Ang 662 of Gurbani. It's actually the quasi reformer is blind. The quasi refers to a religious and societal reformer. The quasi is blind and eats filth after filth. The Brahman intellectual inflicts pain by misleading the masses. The yogi spiritualist is himself a blind fool leading the blind masses. This is the way of tyranny and destruction. These three individuals which I've mentioned, the reformer, the intellectual and the spiritualist, they know they're selling nothing more than snake oil. But to fool the masses, they will do anything which they want. Anything for their own profit, for their own pleasure, and this causes more pain in the end. And the fifth duk, this is the greatest duk which pretty much has formed a crucial aspect of Sikh history. Now the first quote I provided about the Kwasi, that's on Ang 662 of Gurbani. Thank you to the Veed for messaging me that I forgot to uh, remind them about that Ang. Now this fifth Duk, the Duk invited on oneself on the path to reforming the world. The very same Duk weathered by countless great men and women who reside in Karamkhand, the proactive sphere of activity. They who have burnt away their hubris, they walk bravely in the arena of life. This quote is found in Angs 970. Now, getting to the gist of it pretty much, if Duk is not an anomaly, it's a part of life, then we're essentially saying, well, hey, wait up, Duk is all natural for us. And if Duk is all natural for us, then as Sikhs, we should not be going around promoting the fact that, hey, come to our religion, there will be no Duk if you believe in Vahigru. Instead, we should be saying, if you believe in Vahigru, there will be Duk, but you will not see that Duk. Right? Because when you understand the purpose behind the dog, the pain you get from it, its pinch, its sting, that's pretty much slowed down and evolved. You know, if you understand something, you know what's happening, even if it's not happening to your designs, your standards, your expectations, still, it shouldn't hurt as much. When we come to this fifth dog, now this is the essential dog we have in life. This is the dog which has formed quite a crucial part of Sikh history, as I said before. This duk is the duk which are shaheeds and our gurus actually invited on themselves. When a person wakes to the purpose of duk, you know what the purpose behind duk is, it's making me stronger. They don't become suicidal, rather in their pursuit of the Sikh ethos which is making themselves better and the world better, impelling change through the force of words or through physical force, they actually decide to hit a new track. To make the world better, 
they decide to challenge tyranny in all its forms. And it's only natural, it's a part of Hukum that when you challenge ingrained systems, entrenched systems, institutionalized tyranny, you will invite pain on yourself. And this is a big self-sacrifice which these people are making. It's nothing small. Now, take for example the uh, life of Pai Taru Singh Ji. We all know the story. Pai Taru Singh Ji saved a woman who was being gang raped. This woman was not related to him in any, any way. Subsequently, he was arrested. And this too during a time when Sikhs were ruthlessly being hunted down by Zakaria Khan. He was scalped. And even then, Pai Taru Singh stood firm on his Sikh ideals. Now, someone might say, well, hey, wait a second. Why did Pai Taru Singh go and, you know, have a, you know, cause an issue for someone who wasn't even related to him? But as Howard Zinn, the leftist, uh, leftist historian once said, revolutionaries, reformers, whether they're religious or social figures, they live their life as they want their future to be. They live their life as the society they envision they want to be. These people will always live on what we call their own terms. They have a, like Pai Taru Singh Ji had Guru Gobind Singh Ji's dynamic philosophy in his mind, their vision, Guru Nanak Dev Ji's vision, which enunciated a time where there was Halemi Raj, you know, where there was a democratic, a republican setup, and where women were essentially safe. There were no strictures on them, that just because you belong to a different faith, you belong to a different category of uh, religion or society, I guess, religious-based stratification, you will be raped. No, there was no such thing, no such discrimination against anyone. Everyone's chastity, honor, integrity, and purity was ensured. And to achieve this vision, Pai Taru Singh Ji gave his sacrifice. And that was Duk that he invited on himself. But that was also a Duk which to us illustrates his Sikh principles. Now, I personally believe that, you know, Pai Taru Singh Ji's scalp was removed from his head. Yes, there was a lot of physical duk, but the way this story has been devolved, this uh, happening has been devolved is that it's been made into an event to underline the importance of cash. But yes, we should be underlining the importance of cash. You know, it's a, it's a symbol of Sikhi. But then why are we only bringing Sikhi to, you know, cash? Why are we only making the five kakars, the ends, the end all of all means in Sikhi, when they are but a means to an end in the Sikh praxis? And that's pretty much to reinforce your own conviction in Sikhi and show the world that yes, we are Sikhs. These are our symbols. We have understood what Duk is. We do not shy away from Duk. And we also invite Duk on ourselves to make this world a better place. Now that, I believe, is a much more practical, a much more sane, a much more relevant and a much more real purview of what Duk is in life than what other faiths are offering. You have the conventional heaven, you have the paradise, there is no Duk there. But because these faiths are denying Duk and they have this uh, story of, uh, you know, God taking tests randomly, they really haven't been able to answer any form of logic. Now, of course, God's intelligence surpasses human logic, but that should not mean that many aspects, that the attributes of God, I guess, that, you know, the multifold aspects or uh, attributes of God cannot be comprehended by humans who are on the path to forging a relationship with their maker, with their creator. Now, these faiths have never been able to answer the Epicurean principle which is that if God is all-encompassing, omnipresent and all-creative, 
has God created evil? Has God created duk? And this is where these faiths get into a quandary. Islam, Christianity and uh, the Abrahamic faiths, they have the tale of a devil, a universal devil. Now, surprisingly enough, they say that, you know, there is no equal to God, but they have set up the devil. And this devil, we are told, is only there for a short period. There will be Armageddon, the devil will be cast out. Interestingly enough, Armageddon never seems to arrive. Although we are told that these are the end of times, there are signs of ends of time. In Hinduism, it's all based on karma in your past life and a variety of other factors. But then in Sikhi, we don't have such societal stratification or religious-based stratification as karma in Hindu, in Hinduism. Excuse me. If you don't have that pretty much, then it only makes sense for us to confront Duk head-on and say, well, wait a second, this is part of life. This is hukam. There is Duk which, you know, we get in life. Someone dies, you know, or someone betrays us. Yes, many things happen. We can choose our attitude to these things. If our attitude is benign, or if our attitude is more proactive, that yes, we will roll with the blow, it's okay. We will learn something. We will roll with it. But if it's more of just standing stuck, standing rooted in that one position, then yeah, we won't learn anything from it. We'll just make that duck worse. Blaming God isn't going to do anything. And all this was enunciated by Guru Nanak Dev Ji and Gurbani. Every evening in the Rehras, we read, you know, that pain is the panacea to all ills. And these ills rise from our sense of individuation, our sense of ego, our sense of hubris. We kill that, we kill our eyeness. Well, not exactly kill it, but rein it in, control it. Yes, we understand the purpose behind Duk and we roll with Duk. We accept it. Now, almost several hundred years later, Viktor Frankl, for the people who have heard about him, Austrian psychiatrist, Jewish, he was actually thrown into a concentration camp by the Nazis when they invaded Austria. He had a booming business, nearly a millionaire, and he had everything taken away from him. In the concentration camps, he saw humanity devolve. He saw his own family being raped and mercilessly tortured and killed. Frankel, however, lived up to the 90s. He emerged from jail. And as a psychiatrist, initially he had, a, he had propounded a theory which he called logotherapy. Logotherapy basically enunciated that pain had a meaning in life which was much, much more relevant and credible than suk, than pleasure. And this was very similar to Guru Nanak Dev Ji. Now, I don't know whether if uh, here's uh, Frankel had knowing about Guru Nanak Dev Ji or read his works, he never credited anything to Guru Nanak Dev Ji. But logotherapy changed a lot of lives, countless lives. This is a man we were actually talking about who's lost everything, who's seen the loss of great life in front of his eyes. He's seen people being gassed. He's pretty much witnessed and survived a genocide. But for him to emerge out of there and find this system of logotherapy and say, well, hey, wait a minute, no matter how, how incredible your duk, how Herculean your duk, no matter whatever you suffer, once you choose your reaction to it, nothing can stop you. And now Guru Arjan Dev Ji's reaction, his reaction to, you know, the attitude he formed upon, learn, upon accepting the Tattitavi, that serves as an inspiration for us. Guru, the Guru Maharaj was very happy that, you know, rather than concede on his faith or his principles or the vision he had for the future, he chose death, you know, rather than conceding his faith. Similar with all the other gurus who gave martyrdom, who accepted martyrdom, and similar with all the countless shaheeds in this world. 
Now, of course, those who died in a radical cause, reforming the world, reforming society in defense of their principles, yes, they are martyrs. But here we are not talking about terrorists. Now, terrorism is a different sort of a ball game altogether. This is something I've just received a question. Can you touch on this before concluding? For example, if we take 9-11, most of those terrorists were quite disillusioned with their life. They had their duck, they let the duck control them, they let the duck form their attitude. We don't want our duck to decide our attitude, rather we want to decide our own attitude towards the duck we confront in life. Now, before concluding, thank you to all the listeners who are supporting us. We have just opened into the Denmark market. So yes, we have got the European and Nordic countries, they are listening to us. We are booming in New Jersey. This was a perspective podcast from my uh, perspective, my view, ergo perspective. Uh, my partner, uh, usually the person who is with me, he was very sick recently. So if anyone else wants to join in, I would be more than happy to let them in. All you need is a laptop and a Gmail account or a Facebook account. Anchor actually lets us have up to five people at one time. It actually lets us host up to five people at one time for one hour. Uh, if you do have a story or an issue you believe is worth us discussing on the Secret Nations, please, please hit us up on Anchor or just even send me a message or reach out on, to me on the Secret Nations. We might not be able to put it up on the podcast, but we will surely discuss it among ourselves, the management team and see what the implications of discussing it are and we will choose one topic at least to put up thank you again to all our listeners who are making this worthwhile we will be bringing you more content from gurbani to be precise from the guru granth sahib as that is the spiritual core the spiritual root of sikhi uh, we will be providing the ang references from now on i was told that we weren't able to do it last week on the uh, pani post thank you very much for your support we appreciate everything you're doing for us, even right down to sharing the Renaissance on other uh, sites uh, on Facebook and otherwise as well on other social media platforms. We are on Spotify, Overcast and all over the place pretty much. Now, oh, here's another question. Why is there so much disturbance and we're hearing this little TikTok every time you're talking? Well, guys, I'm actually driving at the moment. Last night I was busy. I wasn't able to... Uh, do the podcast on the you know a certain time anyhow thank you for your support and this was our discussion on duck please if you do have duck in your life as gurbani says if you're a sikh or a non-sikh do not let your duck decide your attitude your reaction towards it rather please form your own attitude please choose your own attitude towards the duck in your life do not let your pain control you rather control your pain be like baba nanak be like victor frankel be like all the countless sheets we have as inspiration all the countless others we have as inspiration in our ethias in our history thank you for listening until next time wahiguru ji ka khalsa wahiguru ji ki fateh